Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag K-I-P, hashtag K-I-P. Help me to make KIPP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Welcome, Kingdom Influencing Nation. Again, I welcome you from Florida. To all of you who listen from all over the world, uh, my deepest and sincere gratitude for your expectation. You obviously have an expectation that you'll hear something weekly. You're sharing it with your friends. You're sharing it with your colleagues. Uh, you're sending this uh, broadcast around, a uh, podcast broadcast. I always tell them my age, but you're sending this podcast around the world. And I'm impressed by your efforts and I appreciate your efforts. I want to tell you to keep up the good work. I believe that KIPP uh, was created by God through what we call a divine initiative. God speaking to me and saying, hey, you need to do a podcast, and uh, I just believe this uh, is confirmed uh, through people uh, in the earth, and uh, I'm just going to go forth and do what God has called me to do. So uh, continue to share, continue to listen, and I pray that it informs, transforms, and impacts your life in such a way that just blesses you Um like if you've never been blessed before. Um, so let's get right to it. This is uh, the Friday before Father's Day, and I want to take the time on this 24th podcast. Yeah, let's celebrate that. It's 24 uh, podcasts that we have released and uh, from to this day. And um, this is a special podcast that I want to dedicate to all the fathers out there. Uh, and I hope everyone who has a father, whether he was good, bad, or indifferent, that you take the time to celebrate your father. Uh, send him a card, send him a gift, uh, text him, email him, uh, go visit him. Uh, wherever he is, make sure that he knows that he is both loved and appreciated. Uh, our society uh, destroys the idea of the patriarch, you know, the father figure in the family. And we must rebuild that. 
we must rebuild that. Uh, the significance of the father is important. Let me say that. The significance of the father is important. He sets the uh, standard uh, for the family. And I know there's people that won't agree with that. And um, for me, this is not debatable as a man uh, watching, having four daughters and watching them grow up. And knowing that they needed me to be a voice in that house. And even today, uh, they need me. And I, of course, I need them. I'm, I'm blessed to have four daughters. But I, I say this uh, from experience. Uh, there were certain things I wished my father could teach me. And this is not a, a knock on him. Let me clear that up because I said we're celebrating fathers. And I had to begin to trace the history and I'm only going to go back one generation for sake of time, but I realized that his father left him when he was seven years of age. So whenever a father leaves a household, he, he abdicates his responsibility to whoever steps in and fills in the gap. If this was construction and we had a brick house, whoever fills in the mortar. So it's incredibly important that fathers remain in position. And so many fathers today are being uh, killed, are being locked up. Uh, there's so many fathers that are walking away from their marriages and walking away from relationships as if they're shedding skin. Uh, that's not the way God intended for men to live. It, and what we see on television, where you just walk away from a 10, 20, 15, 30 year marriage, that is not as easy as it looks. As a matter of fact, I have a friend of mine who literally described divorce to me one day. And he said this to me. He said, divorce is like getting your heart ripped out of your chest. Divorce is like getting your heart ripped out of your chest. Now, those words were spoken to me over 20 years ago, but I never forgot them. I never forgot them. And, and what it does to children uh, is beyond recognition. It scars them for life. So we need to think about these things and think about the importance of family. Think about the importance of the father as we celebrate Father's Day. So I celebrate my father, James Calhoun Jr., and my spiritual father, Bishop Vaughn Monroe McLaughlin. And I celebrate myself uh, as a father. Um, and it starts with us. You know, celebrating ourselves, loving ourselves. If the world doesn't love you, fathers, love yourself. All right? And let's start with that, and, and then we'll change the tide of how people look at us as fathers. So I, I want to talk about a familiar passage, passage of Scripture that will help us introduce this uh, message today, Flowing with the Father, Flowing with the Father. This podcast is entitled, this episode is Flowing with the Father. And I already talked about all of the negative things that uh, surround the Father. But before negative things surrounded the Father in humanity, there were negative things that, and still do, surround the Father who is in heaven. And um, this one time in Acts 17, 23 and 29, uh, Paul is speaking to the men of Athens and as he's walking through their religious environment at Areopagus, he stops and 
he's, he sees these things. So I'm going to read it uh, verbatim so that we'll get it. Acts 17, 23. I'm just going to read six verses very quickly. For as I went around, this is Paul, as Paul went around and observed closely your objects of worship, as I went around and observed closely your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship without knowing it, this I proclaim to you. So Paul was literally going to tell them they had this tombstone, if you will, or had this inscription uh, in their religious area that said, here's a... Uh, 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 like a memorial, if you will, to an unknown God. And uh, Paul said, let me tell you who this unknown God is. And I hope today that there are people listening out there because there are many people who don't know who God is, don't know who the Father is. So it's impossible to flow with the Father if you don't know the Father. It's also difficult to flow with the Father when your image of a Father has been marred. Okay, has been destroyed, has been broken, has been uh, crushed. All right, so we want to rebuild the Father, knowing that there's no perfect Father in the earth, but our Father who is in heaven is perfect. And even if your earthly Father left you, your heavenly Father will never leave you nor forsake you. All right, so here, here's what Paul had to say. The God who made the world and everything in it, who is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives life and breath and everything gives life and breath and everything to everyone. So understand this. God cannot be contained in the church. Okay. The church houses we are the church first of all but when we attend a worship service we call the building that we attend the worship service at the church or the temple or the synagogue but god himself cannot be contained in a building are, are you you hearing the difference okay we have to make some distinctions here in order to understand what we who we're talking about when we talk about the father when we talk about god uh, he was not created by human hands. He doesn't need anything. He himself gives life and breath and everything to everyone. And I think I've told you before, when he created the earth, he did not create the earth for himself. He created it for others, for us. All right. From one man, he made every nation of the human race. That was Adam to inhabit the entire earth, determining their set times and fixed limitations of the places where they would live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him. You know, when you're looking for something in the darkness, like when you first wake up, grope around for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move about and exist, as even some of your own poets have said. And that's a, a reference to uh, Zeus that they uh, made up, but it's something that is clear for us who live for God. For we too are his offspring. We are the offspring of God. Most of us have not learned the blessing of what it means to move and have our being in him. So this uh, passage of scripture comes to us as a solution or a panacea for what we neglect to acknowledge and or commit to in action and or deed. 
we, we don't understand who God is. So we need the word of God, the Bible. That's what, what I read. That's what helps me to get direction. And I want to say something to those of you who debunk the Bible and look for every critical point of reference that you can find about the Bible, that there may indeed be some some uh, trans, translation error in the Bible, translation error, but there's no error in God, okay? So when translators were writing the Bible, maybe they missed a period or a comma or or added a, a little something, but whatever they added, listen to me carefully, and I've done the study, the research, never changed the context of who God is. It does not change the notion that we need salvation. It does not alter the fact that the word of God was divinely inspired by God, okay? So we, we need to get that. We need to understand that. Salvation will always be salvation. God will always be God. Jesus will always be Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will always be the Spirit of God operating in the earth and in the heavens. Are, are, you, are you getting me? So nothing changes. So we need to get off of uh, this uh, uh, soapbox of trying to debunk the Word of God. I've lived by this Word for years and it has never steered me in the right direction. I have steered myself in the right, wrong direction. But the word of God has never steered me in the wrong direction. So watch this. I want, I want to say this to you. Jesus and his father moved together in perfect harmony. And that's what Jesus desired for us. He prayed that before he left the earth in John 17, that we would be one as he and the father are one. A matter of fact, in John 5, 19, uh, he literally said this uh, when the Jews were confronting him. He said this, very verily, I tell I truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only he can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son does also. That's John five nineteen. I read from the New International Version. So then understand this, Jesus was always able to sift through the cacophony of all of the demonic and earthly interruptions as if they were not there. What is cacophony? Cacophony is a word that simply means uh, disharmonic noise. It's, 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 it's the opposite of harmony. It, it's disruptive. It doesn't fit. It's incongruent sounds coming together that clash, if you will. So uh, the cacophony of all the demonic and earthly interruptions, they are clashing sounds that interrupt us or attempt to interrupt, uh, interrupt us every day. So get this. Jesus said these words when the Jews themselves, if you read verse 18, were literally trying to kill him because he healed a man on Sabbath. That's what I mean by having that staying force. They were trying to kill him. Like some people will try to kill you, whether it be natural or intended or unintended or spiritually. The, the point of the matter is you have to stand your ground. So watch this. He was so in tune with the father that he literally moved and had his being in him. In our fast pace, 
information-laden society, we are so often trying to chase situations and solve problems that we miss God in the fray of all the noise presented by the cacophony of information, which literally makes us unstable and unsure, shadowed by the uncertainty of the world we live in. We, we, we've got to get on solid ground. And the word of God is solid ground. Well, listen to these, these facts. Facts. Our world has been turned upside down since the pandemic. And I don't need to explain this to you, but I'm just give you a few facts that we need to hang our hats on. The U.S. Capitol has been stormed. Whoever thought that that would happen? We've seen a George Floyd executed in broad daylight over an alleged counterfeit $20 bill. We've seen racial violence amongst Asian Americans, which is a microcosm of the permitted atrocities against African Americans for over 400 years. We have watched price gouging events, the hacking of gas pipelines. Our children have been losing precious academic ground, both nationally and internationally for a few years, especially our black and brown children. Divorce and domestic violence are at an all-time high. Immorality is at an all-time high and is being mainstreamed if you watch media, if you watch what's happening and coming out of Hollywood and Netflix and all of the other, even some social media platforms, you'll see that doing the wrong thing has become the right thing and they're trying to establish it as a standard way of life and living. Uh, I saw a little piece with, with Monique and she was trying to explain to a generation how to carry yourself with the proper deportment in an airport and she was abased because of that. So we have to understand that there is a right way and a wrong way to do things. And just because our society takes off constraints and says that we can do anything we want to do does not mean that that is actually true. All right. Teenage suicide and pregnancy are at all time highs. Human sex trafficking is on the rise. It's incredible how our young kids and children are being snatched in the streets, disappearing at an alarming rate. A matter of fact, I believe if my memory is correct, the Amber Alert only solves about 10% of these crimes, all right? There are many more people unemployed and homeless in the world today, in the United States, and yet one of the main vehicles to combat these atrocities, the church has been attacked, marginalized, and dismissed as irrelevant. And I realize that the church is not perfect. Why? Because the church is people. We are the church. And none of us is perfect. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. So when we talk about the church, we literally talk about ourselves as a people. And we need to realize that's why Christ died as a propitiation for our sins, an atonement for our sins, so that we could get back to God and live for God. For we live, we move, we exist and have our being in God. We need to learn how to flow with the Father. We need a moment as members of the body of Christ to breathe, a moment to exhale, a moment to stop, drop, and pray, a moment to reestablish our footing, looking up to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We need a moment to, 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 to just slow down and to reconnect with the Father. Uh, we need a moment to, to make some decisions that that will 
alter the way we think and alter the way we do things and bring us into the place where God wants us to be. We need our joy restored. Who stole the joy of our salvation? Was it death? Was it disappointment? Was it betrayal? Was it age? Was it a dissipating dreams? Or did I just lose my way to the foot of the cross? I must say this, in his presence is fullness of joy. I want to ask you this, and I want you to know this. Can you find joy again in your salvation? It is there that the joy of the Lord will become our strength. Where is it? There at the foot of the cross. When we kneel, when we get into the presence of God, again, we have got to slow down and reconnect with the father we have to slow down and find the rhythm of his pulse his heartbeat we have to slow down and listen to his voice we have to synchronize our lives with him again the pace of god is ahead of life the pace of god is ahead of life in other words he went to the end and came back to the beginning so he's always ahead of us he knows what's going to happen before it happens so we need to listen to the father even if we move at the speed of light, we will always be behind God. If we're going at the speed of life, we'll always still be behind God. So let's slow down, resynchronize our lives with the Father like Jesus. Let's stop trying to live without a word. We need a word from God. We need to flow with the Father. Your natural Father left you. But the Lord will never leave you or forsake you. He knows what he's doing. He is God. And above him, there is no other. So I close with these words. The people, the fathers, the sons, the daughters, the mothers that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Daniel 1132B. Remember, on this Father's Day weekend, celebrate Father. Fathers, celebrate yourself. Celebrate your Father. Good, bad, or indifferent, honor your Father. And then while we're honoring our fathers, let us not forget to honor our Father, which is in heaven. Hey, God bless you. I hope you have enjoyed this word as much as I have enjoyed sharing it. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Thank you again for listening. This is Kip, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. And I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. Please continue to share this podcast with the nations. God bless. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Happy Father's Day to all of you.